I'm Toby Logson, and this is your daily fix of wisdom on BibleStudyPodcasts.org. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 through 12, Solomon writes, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. You know, one of the hardest lessons to learn when a person travels the path of godly wisdom is to love, honor, and fear God the same way when life is good as they do when life is difficult. We have a natural tendency to cry out to God for help when life gets difficult, as well we should. But the person who has God's wisdom relies on God's help when their life is going well, too. Martin Luther King Jr. had a deep understanding of this truth, which was reflected not only in his daily habits of getting on his knees and praying, but it's also reflected in the words that he shared. He said, To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. You see, there's no distinction between good and difficult times. Relying on God's leading is vital all the time. That's exactly what Solomon was telling us in the previous verses that we studied. In our passage today, Solomon starts out with our daily experience when life is good. He says, honor the Lord with your wealth. Now, some people will say that this supports Christians tithing. However, this actually doesn't say anything about a tithe. The tithes were given to Israel and only to Israel. The factor which should determine our giving, according to the New Testament, is our blessing and our cheerfulness in giving. In Matthew, chapter 6 verses 19 to 21 Jesus said do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there your heart will also be. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, Paul said, Each one should give just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. For the person who isn't sure how much to give, a tithe is a good place to start, but the point is that the person who has God's wisdom understands that God deserves to be our number one priority in all things. Are we more concerned with missions or with mansions? Are we more concerned with the lost or our cost? And let's not overlook the fact that God promises to reward those who are faithful to him. That doesn't mean that he is a cosmic slot machine. Rather, while Solomon instructs us to honor the Lord with wealth, that is money, it's not money that the person gets in return, necessarily, according to this passage. Rather, it's God's providence. Solomon says, "...your barns will be filled with plenty." The barn was used to save food for seasons of drought and famine, so thus we see that the reward for honoring God in good times is that he'll provide for us in difficult times as well. Speaking of difficult times, we do have a natural inclination to blame God when life isn't going as well as we'd like it to. Most of the time, there's really no reason for us to think that he's punishing us or trying to teach us a lesson, but Solomon tells us that sometimes that just might be the reason. He says, don't reject the discipline of the Lord because God corrects those he loves the same way that a father will correct his son. You see, sometimes God will allow us to undergo difficulty because it's part of his process of refining us and making us more like him. We have reason to celebrate in such cases because while it's not a lot of fun, it's actually proof that God loves us and cares deeply about our character. 
The person who has God's wisdom will seek the Lord in both good times and in bad times, and the person who has God's wisdom will honor the Lord both in good times and in difficult times. As Paul wrote, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. I'm Toby Logsdon, and this has been your daily fix of wisdom on BibleStudyPodcasts.org. Keep growing closer to Jesus. I'm Toby Logsdon, and this is your daily fix of wisdom on BibleStudyPodcasts.org. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 13 to 15, Solomon writes, How blessed is the man who finds wisdom, and the man who gains understanding. For her profit is better than the profit of silver, and her gain better than fine gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire compares with her. The person who finds wisdom and gains wisdom and understanding has a true appreciation for the value that's found in wisdom. When a person is blessed, they've found the pinnacle of happiness. That's one of the things that a person will find along the pathway of wisdom, a happiness which is found nowhere else. But humanity has a tendency to be obsessed with finding happiness in something. They look for it in money or in marriage or in material, and so they spend their lives pursuing it like a horse endlessly pursues the carrot that dangles in front of them. The fact is that all people find when they look for happiness in money, marriage, or material is the equivalent of an empty casket which has been just sitting there waiting for the person to lay down in it. What so many people fail to recognize is that God gave us this longing for happiness, but it's something that only He can truly give. In C.S. Lewis's classic book, The Screwtape Letters, Screwtape is an older demon who has the responsibility of training Wormwood in the art of diverting the attention of people away from God. Wormwood, who is the apprentice demon, has been assigned the responsibility of diverting one human being's attention away from God, thus directing their path straight to hell. Fortunately, he doesn't succeed, and the person to whom he was assigned becomes a follower of Christ. So Screwtape writes several letters to Wormwood in an attempt to teach his apprentice how to prevent the follower of Christ from maturing in their faith. One of these letters specifically addresses the possibility of using the pursuit of happiness and pleasure as bait for ensnaring Christians. But, he notes, that's a tough strategy to use because true pleasure belongs exclusively to God. So Screwtape notes, all we can do is distort pleasure. In our passage today, Solomon is telling us that the person who has found true wisdom has also found true pleasure because both belong exclusively to to God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30, Paul tells us that, quote, Jesus became to us wisdom from God. You see, Jesus both personified wisdom and served as the proverbial bridge across which the gift of wisdom passes from God to the individual. The value of finding happiness and pleasure in Jesus is evident in Jesus' own words. He said, for what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul. The Bible very clearly teaches that you can't take earthly treasure with you to heaven. Jesus is basically asking, what's the point of living for something that you'll lose when you die? With that in mind, the wise person, the person who has God's wisdom, stores up their treasure in heaven by living and giving sacrificially for the glory of the kingdom of God, knowing that they won't find true happiness anywhere else. I'm Toby Logsdon, and this has been your daily fix of wisdom on BibleStudyPodcasts.org. Keep growing closer to Jesus.
I'm Toby Logsdon, and this is your daily fix of wisdom on BibleStudyPodcast.org. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 16 to 18, Solomon writes, Long life is in her, that is wisdom's, right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who hold her fast. Once again, Solomon is personifying wisdom in this passage, as he has in many of the passages which have preceded this one. In our previous lesson, we talked about how nothing in this world is worth living or dying for. Neither money nor material can bring true happiness to a person, because true happiness belongs exclusively to God. Solomon describes wisdom as holding long life in her right hand, while she holds riches and honor in her left hand. And we've seen over the past several verses how living according to God's plan prevents various health issues, thus accommodating a longer life. We've also started to touch on the place that money has in the life of the believer. Money is one thing that can pull our attention away from God faster than anything else, which explains why Jesus talked about recognizing the superior value of heavenly riches over earthly riches. Some people would go so far as to say that Christians should sell all that they own and give to the poor, essentially joining the ranks of the poor. But Solomon is telling us that it's possible for us to find a balance. That balance is found in realizing that all we have, whether it's our life, our money, or our possessions, all that we have belongs to God. That's why riches and honor must be grouped together by wisdom. When we use the things that God has blessed us with, in light of the understanding that it all belongs to God, and thus we use it to honor God, we've found the balance that's necessary. Next, Solomon tells us that the ways of wisdom are pleasant and all her paths are peaceful. That's closely connected to what Solomon says about her in the following statement. He says that she's a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who hold her fast. Last year, we had a terrible ice storm here in northwest Arkansas. They say it was the storm of the century. As I stood outside under my porch roof, I could hear dozens of tree branches constantly breaking in the distance, and many of those trees had been planted in in the early 70s, when the houses in my neighborhood were built. One thing that struck me was how solid and secure the older trees were. One of the old trees was near my house, and it was over 30 feet tall. And one can only imagine how deep those roots went. That tree was virtually unshakable. Yeah, a few branches came down, but that tree remained strong. Across the street from us, however, were some trees that had been planted in recent years. They were nowhere near as strong, and most of them didn't make it through the storm. That older, sturdy tree was a picture of the sturdiness and security of wisdom. When Syria and Ephraim made an alliance against Judah and threatened Jerusalem, the prophet Isaiah tells us in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 2, "...the hearts of his people shook as the trees of the forest shake with the wind." Well, obviously they had not held fast to the tree of life, which is wisdom. Instead, they were like young trees with shallow roots because they were trusting in their own understanding. Hey, didn't Solomon just warn us about doing that? Yes, yes he did. The question is, when times get tough, are we holding fast to wisdom or to our own understanding? The wise person doesn't trust their own understanding. I'm Toby Logsdon, and this has been your Daily Fix of Wisdom on BibleStudyPodcasts.org. Keep growing closer to Jesus.
I'm Toby Logsdon, and this is your daily fix of wisdom on BibleStudyPodcasts.org. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 19 to 22, Solomon writes, The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps were broken up and the skies drip with dew. My son, let them not vanish from your sight. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, so they will be life to your soul and adornment to your neck. Solomon reminds us of the fact that the Lord created the universe in this passage. While the book of Genesis tells us that God created the universe, the Apostle John actually takes us back even further than Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, telling us in the opening verses of the Gospel of John that Jesus has existed for all of eternity. In John chapter 1, verse 3, John summarizes what we find in the first chapter of Genesis, writing, All things came into being through him, that is, through Jesus. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. That is, all things which began to exist did so through the creative action of Jesus. With that in mind, we should take a moment to remember what the Apostle Paul told us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. He said, Jesus became to us wisdom from God. Now, given the fact that A, Jesus created everything that ever began to exist, and B, Jesus became wisdom to us from God, we have what we would call an interpretive parameter for our passage here in Proverbs, which tells us that by wisdom, the Lord founded the earth. Solomon also tells us that by understanding, the Lord established the heavens. This is in reference to the vast number of stars, galaxies, and the entire universe. We're like a small speck of dust on an enormous beach in light of the rest of the entire universe. It's incredibly difficult for one to wrap their mind around the size of it all, but the Lord understands it all according to Solomon. By his knowledge, the Lord created the earth with tectonic plates, and the skies drip with dew. The earth is amazingly self-sufficient. Humanity can put forth its greatest effort to create these enormous buildings and unshakable structures, but one shift of the earth, and those efforts are demonstrated to be futile. While people question God's goodness in light of earthquakes and volcanic eruptions, we can't overlook the fact that there are great benefits to these natural disasters, aside from reminding us of our own mortality. Volcanic activity produces fertile soil, carbon dioxide, and hydrogen, and science has shown that the earth supports human life because of the way that gigantic volcanic eruptions composed the earth's atmosphere. Psalm chapter 14 verse 1 tells us that the fool has said in their heart that there is no God. Solomon is telling us to be mindful of the fact that God created the universe and everything in it. There are very intelligent people out there who adamantly refuse to believe that God exists. They refuse to consider the matter logically or scientifically, preferring instead to believe that everything came from nothing than to believe that God created everything. The fact is that nothing comes from nothing. When my son was younger, he'd play this game with me where he'd ask something like, what's 47 times 89 plus 1,732 divided by 4 times 92? Well, that's a great way to find out how good at math somebody really is. But let's say that at the end of a string equation like that, you were told to add times zero. Needless to say, that renders the answer to any mathematical equation zero. And this is how we know that God created the universe. Science has shown that the universe had a beginning, but it's also shown that nothing comes from nothing. So even if you have a quadrillion nothings, that's the same as having ten quadrillion nothings. From nothing comes nothing. 
Solomon's telling us that when we keep all of this in its proper perspective, it'll have an effect on how we live our lives. I'm Toby Logsdon, and this has been your Daily Fix of Wisdom on BibleStudyPodcasts.org. Keep growing closer to Jesus.